Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. Women in, in tech, it's, it is a challenge, but it's also important that we don't, I guess, almost victimize ourselves. I think it, it, it's easy to slip into that kind of mindset. You know, obviously be proud and encourage it, but um, don't label, you know, yourself as, oh, I'm a woman in tech, therefore I will have all these challenges and kind of start with that kind of mindset. Traveling New Zealand, featuring and celebrating amazing women in tech all across the North Island and South Island, I came across James with Werewolf and man, was he helpful in connecting me to the women in tech community in order to enable me to empower these incredible women to move forward. So just passionate about women in tech. My name is James Burns. I'm chief marketing officer at Werewolf, the app for venture tourism operators. I've had the pleasure of working for a lot of really smart women and uh, both in tech and outside of tech. And it's just generally been my experience over the last 20 years that there's not nearly enough women's voices in leadership roles in, in tech companies. And so I just think it's important that we have that sort of voice. Uh, myself, I have two young daughters who today are four and six. And I want to make sure that when they get to an age where they're ready to start their first company, that they have all the opportunity and support that they need. Werewolf makes it easy for adventure tourism operators, everything from skydiving companies and bungee operators to jet boating and rafting companies to go paperless, to handle the guests from arrival all the way through departure, um, check them in through a really beautiful custom-branded iPad app, ask them a lot of key questions, take that data to build a customer marketing database. Werewolf was recognized by Deloitte in their Fast 50 Awards for this year as the rising star one to watch. And as we move to the United States, it's really important that we continue to capitalize on the kind of growth that we've experienced over the last three years. And we're doubling, tripling the size of the company annually. Queenstown is the adventure capital of the world. We have 150 plus adventure tourism operators just within a 10 minute drive of where we're sitting right now. Any activity you can think of you'd want to do, you can do it. Bungee jumping was invented here. Jet boating was invented here. I mean, there's so much that happens here. There's so much innovation around the adventure topic that we're really primed well to leverage that. And that's no better place for us to be based. Be sure to explore more about Werewolf at GetWerewolf.com. That's G-E-T-W-H-E-R-E-W-O-L-F.com. Welcome back to the Women in Tech podcast as we travel on the road across the North and South Island of New Zealand, celebrating the most extraordinary women in tech in the country. And it is really, really, really exciting that we have our next interview. Okay, go ahead, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do. Hi, I am Fiora Al. I work at Orion Health. I'm a product director for our platform and integration products. So I drive a lot of the product vision, strategy, and roadmap and work with the team to deliver it. So Orion Health, tell us about Orion Health. What, what, it, what do they do? So we provide software to um, a lot of healthcare organizations around the world, um, includes providers, um, payers as well. Um, so, yeah, it's a, what we do most is data interoperability. So it's about breaking up a lot of the data silos that exist in the healthcare industry and making all that data available to clinicians, um, caregivers, and yeah, all sorts of parties involved in delivering care to a patient. And tell me about your role at Orion. So what a, do you do day to day? 
Um, yeah, so I'm a product director, and so I work with pretty much, well, almost every function in the company. Um, first and foremost is trying to understand, you know, what does the market need? Um, what is the capability and value we want to deliver to our customers? Um, and then translating that into an actual product strategy and the product roadmap, working with the delivery teams to then actually, yeah, build the software and then um, working with sales teams, obviously, to distribute that software and implement. So it's really the whole life cycle. When did you first fall in love with technology? I think a lot of it stems from um, having an older brother who, you know, into your usual kind of gaming, computers, all that. So it's just been part of my life um, growing up. And then I tried uh, software sort of programming, if you can even call it that, in sort of high school days. And um, it just came naturally. And, and I loved how, you know, if you get the inputs right, the result is exactly as you expected. It was just very, um, I guess, a little bit of instant gratification. Right, right. Um, but no, I, I, that sparked the interest. And then I just loved how with software you can create so much from, you know, so, so little, I guess. And and what would you say is a challenge that you've successfully overcome and what did you learn from it? I think learning to speak up has been a, a big part of big part of it. Um, I think a lot of women, you know, suffer from that whole imposter syndrome kind of thing and I still struggle with that now. Yeah. But what I've come to I do realize, too. Yeah, it's it's a recurring theme, isn't it? Uh, for women, not only in tech, but I think across just all the industries. And what I've learned is that you know, men, they do, they may not know more than us, but they are far more comfortable with that fact. Right. And I've learned that, is that it's okay to not know everything, but you can still express your opinion and your thoughts. Right. Um, so that's been a big turning point, I think, for me in my career as well as just as a person. Yeah. And and what would you say that you love most about your role? Um, I love that, yeah, I do touch so many parts of the business. Um, I began my career as a as a developer, and you were, um, I guess, quite restricted in what you worked on. It was very specific, you know, what you had to deliver. Whereas in product management, you, yeah, end up kind of working right across the spectrum. Um, it's just much greater scope. You end up talking to a lot more people, working with a lot more people, um, and yeah, get to actually understand it holistically, which is yeah, interesting to me. And what language did you initially code in? Um, wow, you know what? the What I did in high school that first sort of started me off, I can't even remember what that is, but um, I guess as a developer, .NET was kind of where I started. And how did you learn? Um, well, I studied software engineering at um, university, so that gave me a good kind of background. I guess Java then, to be fair, was probably the first one. And then from there, um, you learn to learn. Um, so when .NET became the language that I had to pick up, you just kind of, yeah, you have your own methods, I guess, for learning. It didn't, almost didn't matter what language it was. Do you listen to the .NET podcast? No, um, <laughs> I, I don't. Um, so I'm still a bit of a, I still code, so yeah. closet coder, I guess, at <laughs> home. Um, but I don't keep up with, I guess, the details as much as I used to. What do you build? Um, I've got an app that I'm working on actually aimed at horse owners because I have horses. Horses, yeah, nice. I ride horses. I own them. Um, I needed an. Where do you keep your horses in Auckland? So I live actually an hour and a half south of Auckland. Don't tell me you commute every day. Not every day, but a lot. It's soul destroying. An hour and a half on a good day. The record has been like three hours. I nearly turned around to go home. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's crazy. But I guess there are a lot of podcasts in the car. Wow. Yeah. 
Wow. You must really love what you do. <laughs> I do. And and like I said, I've come to um, embrace almost that commute a little bit with the podcast and the music. So it helps. I can understand why you want to get out of Auckland. It's a very busy, chaotic city. And you probably live in an area that's very more, it's more um, similar to the rest of New Zealand, more just campy and calm and yeah, so we live on Scenic. a farm. Yeah, yeah, it's a rural setting. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I have horses, so it makes sense. Um, and definitely prefer having, I guess, our own space. Um, but Auckland is, it's good this way, though, like, that I can commute and yeah. be in the middle of the city and have the job I do. So are you saying someone that lives on a farm can still code? Absolutely. Like, like do farmers have computers? Increasingly, actually, mostly cell phones. You know, there's some cool stuff going on. Um, yeah, for farmers. Um, but yeah, that's a beautiful thing about coding is that it's so not location dependent. Um, yeah, it's definitely an option for anyone who wants to start moving away from cities. And what's one thing we could do as a community to support your your success to accelerate you forward? Ooh, never really thought about that. You know what I'd actually, you know what I I think this inspires me? I'd like all of you right now listening to think about what's one thing we can do as a community to support you, to accelerate you forward, you listening right now. Like, I think it's important that we take a moment to really ask, ask ourselves, what is it that we need? Yeah. I wonder if this is almost a symptom, like, because I spent so much of my career not you know, trying to be needy. Right, almost. right. So, yeah, so to like, be self-reliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you kind of get into the mode to the point yeah. where you just stop trying to look outward. Totally. And it's not being needy, That, but I think that's all of our perception. But it's not really of ourselves, you know, but it's not me too. But it's not really being needy. It's it's uh, leaning on your community in a yeah. in a powerful way because you'll be that much more strong. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Tap into the wisdom of the crowds. So maybe think about it. Come back to it. Even if it doesn't come up, think about it in general. Because I think that that's a great question to ask all of us to ask ourselves. Do you know if I were to ask myself that right now, I'd have to sit and process as well. I don't have a ready answer. Yeah. No, it's it's interesting because I am kind of processing this in the background, but it's still not obvious. Yeah. 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 Um, Probably one thing I would love to hear if anybody has experience with this is if if you're managing older men, um, yeah, like how, how do you provide advice without it coming across a little bit sort of patronizing? And what if they do get a bit defensive about it? Oh, I love that question. Okay, here, for so many reasons. One, that's great. So every, where can people reach out to you to respond to that? Yeah, sure. So that's fiora.outatoranhealth.com. Um, if I... O-R-A dot A-U at Orion Health. So that's O-R-I-O-N-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com. Perfect. And so ask the question again one more time just so everybody has it and now they have your email. Um, yeah, so I'd love to hear any kind of advice around um, if you have an older man reporting to you and you're wanting to you know, provide them some advice or insights, um, you know, what are some tips, I guess, on providing that without it coming across a little bit patronizing or if they get a bit defensive about it? Um, yeah, what are some tactics or strategies 
Awesome. What I love about that question is um, my mentor and I are working on a special segment to come out once a, a week that is a mentorship segment where people get to call in, ask any question they have, like the question you just have, and maybe we'll take yours Perfect. as the first one. And so they could call and leave a recording. It could be anonymous or not anonymous, whatever anyone wants. And then she'll she'll answer the questions. And she's a seasoned executive that's worked in technology for several years. And so um, and her special is how to essentially reach your most powerful self as a female leader. And um, it's great. I think it's great that we'll all have, I'm like, I wish the whole world had you. I'm like, but wait, <laughs> maybe they can. Yeah. No, that's great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You want to hear from somebody who's had to, yeah. had to do it. So uh, what is your favorite tech tool? It could be an app, a website, educational program. Um, you know, podcasts, actually, just as a medium. Do you have a favorite one? Um, I listen, I have several favorites. I listen a lot to the Tim Ferriss show. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, like things like Radio Lab, Freakonomics Radio, um, the TED Radio Hour, that's also great. Um, yeah, and then uh, several others more for entertainment, like, you know, This American Life, that kind of thing. Do you listen to Sex, Death and Money? No, I haven't come across oh my that. God, love Okay. Love. It's either sex, death, and money or death, sex, and money. I already, I always forget the order. Okay. But it's awesome. All right. I, I like I'll Anna Sales, up. the host. Believe it's an NPR show. Okay. Or NPR produced show. It's so good. So I good. Definitely look that up. It's about sex, death, okay. and money. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, what is your favorite book, personal or professional? Um, professional, I am a fan of Zero to One by Peter Thiel. Um, I think it's, uh, it's it's got some controversial bits in it, but I love that, that, you know, he does just go ahead and say it. Any last thoughts before we start to wrap up? Um, no, just, uh, yeah, I think women in, in tech, it's, it is a challenge, but it's also important that we don't, I guess, almost victimize ourselves. I think it, it, it's easy to slip into that kind of mindset. Um, so yeah, maybe just as a parting thought is that be, you know, obviously be proud and encourage it, but, um, don't label, you know, yourself as, oh, I'm a woman in tech, therefore I will have all these challenges and kind of start with that kind of mindset. Totally. Yeah, totally. And, um, and where can people connect with you? Just the email or are you on social too? Um, email's probably easiest. Yeah. Right now. Awesome. And as a closing thought, Tell, tell us about horses. What makes horses so special? Huh. Um, it is, uh, it's going to be so cliche and you'll hear it all the time, but it is a, a partnership. So a horse isn't like a tennis racket or a motorbike where you put it away and you come back and it behaves exactly the same way. Like horses have good days and bad days. So yeah, you really learn to just work with what you have that day, be compassionate and, but it's still a sport, it's massively athletic. You can get very competitive about it. So yeah. It's a really broad spectrum connectivity. Love it. And where are you in the development phases of your app? Um, so I've got a couple of friends trying out a beta version. Um, I use it myself every day. So I was my first customer. Um, so, yeah, I'm kind of keen to get it out to a bigger crowd probably in a few months. And what's it do again and who's it for? Um, so it's aimed at, at least to begin with, horse owners who need somewhere to record um, anything and everything to do with your horse yeah um, so some obvious stuff would be like you know when were they last worn when were they last shod um exercising that you do with them etc i think it can grow to a lot more 
but yeah, it's to replace kind of all the random bits of paper or calendars or notebooks that you have at the moment, trying to keep track of all of that. And what's the dream for the app? Where do you want to see it? If it were super successful, what's that look like? Uh, several things. Like, first of all, I, I hope it improves just what makes life easier for horse owners, which I think ultimately means happier and healthier horses. So that's a kind of a step one. But beyond that, um, it's going to generate a huge amount of data from which I think we can learn. Yeah. Because there's, there's still so much about horse ownership and horse health that we don't know. Um, and then also it's a way, I think, to to reach out to, yeah, the horse community globally and um, who knows where to from there, right? Nice. Yeah. Thank you so much for connecting with the Women in Tech podcast. This has been awesome. If you guys want to connect and collaborate with more extraordinary women in tech around the world, remember to go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. Womenintechvip.com takes you straight to the Facebook group. I will see you guys, talk to you guys, hear you guys in the next episode. Remember to say hello on social at Women in Tech Show, on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. And if you want the sticker, just tweet at us, Facebook us, Instagram us, and you will... We'll get back to you. Bye. My name is Esprit Devora, host of the Women in Tech show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create the Women in Tech show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. I call it actionable empowerment. Every single episode, you'll hear the story of a fantastic woman in tech, from engineers to founders to investors to journalists to designers, all sorts of different females in tech who have thrived. I want to share their stories with you so that you can know what resources, mentors, and life situations they accessed in order to get to where they are today. The Women in Tech podcast is an independent production funded by you, the community. To support Women in Tech, if you believe in the vision as much as we do, please consider going to womenintechpodcast.com. That's womenintechpodcast.com and just click on the contribution link to keep this podcast going. Thank you. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.